the record button. And let's try this again. <laughs> good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to yet another edition of the Groovy Podcast, take two. We actually had, uh, my name's Ken Cousin, I'm here with the inestimable and the very patient Graham Roche. Uh, do you say Roche, or do you, you, say, yeah, you pronounce you it slightly differently than that? No, no okay. you said it Okay, um, and we actually just had a very nice discussion about all things. It was fabulous, yeah. 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 And yeah. nobody will ever know because yeah. apparently you do have to hit the record button in order to make a recording. Yeah, hitting record uh, has value. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's try that again. Yeah. You know? Thank you. So we are currently uh, podcasting from the Moscone South, I guess is the center we're in south here. Yeah. And at the the conference known as Oracle Code One, formerly known as Java One. Uh, we are in the Groundbreaker Ambassadors section of the, actually, is it just called a Groundbreaker section? I don't know. We're, yeah. we're in the main meeting hall. And we are, uh, I'm here with an actual Groundbreaker, Graham Roche, who is the founder of both the Grails framework and the Micronaut framework, where yeah. Micronaut is the one that's rapidly growing and taking the microservices world by storm or whatever? Yeah, it certainly is. Excellent. And what we were discussing, I should refer to something that nobody's ever going to see. Uh, let me ask you this. <laughs> yesterday, so this yeah. is Tuesday, yeah. and yesterday at the conference, you gave two talks here in yes. the conference, and why don't you describe what those talks were and how they were attended and Sure. Anything else clever you could think of that we yeah, that we that we that, that we might find we might miss from the previous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, um, yeah. So uh, I gave a couple of Micronaut talks, right. and uh, so the first one was like a it was entitled um, "Evolving Software, uh, Evolving Java for the uh, Microservice and Service Era," mm. and I kind of um, talked about the designs we made. We made in Microsoft uh, that really um, uh, benefit performance, on-top performance, uh, memory consumption, and um, optimizing those aspects uh, mm. to achieve uh, you know, the best making Java the best can be at a, at a framework level. Mm. Um, you know, one thing is the language, but the other thing is how frameworks uh, are implemented on top of the language. And uh, I think Microsoft is a big step in, in, in a new direction. Um, for frameworks of the future, which is uh, to do you know, more stuff uh, at compilation time, mm. um, more intelligent compilers. And it's interesting that, uh, I mean, in an audience like this, with Rails, you always have to talk about Groovy as well. But yeah. with Micronaut, you can do everything in Java, you can do everything with Kotlin. Uh, there's your bonus for those of you doing the over under on when we first mentioned Kotlin on the Groovy podcast. Right. I'm speaking to Kotlin. God, not you too. <laughs> So at any rate, your yeah. talks you did in Java, is that right? Yes, I did them in Java. Is that just to be friendly to the audience here? Yeah, so I think, I think you know, most people know Java. This conference, yeah. So, um, so yeah, the you know, Java is one of the supported languages. Uh, that was actually one of the things that, um, that was really challenging about the Python project because we. Um, we wanted to implement something that worked across languages, mm. and like um, so with Java we use annotation processes, and with Groovy we use the AST, and right. they kind of have different views on the world. Mm. Um, there are different APIs, 
So we had to build like an abstraction over those, uh, over the Google AST and the um, Java annotation that process AST that it exposes. Um, with Kotlin, do you use extension methods? Uh, with Kotlin, supports the Java annotation process. So, yeah. Oh, so, okay. So we kind of got Kotlin support as a, as a freebie. Oh, good, good. Um, which is why we don't actually currently support um, Scala, but we have plans to. Oh, I didn't. Okay, didn't know that. So you yeah. actually are planning to find a way to support Scala as well? Uh, it would be nice uh, to support Scala. As well. um, I don't think we should be leaving out any. Uh, it's just a, an ambitious goal. Yeah, like, yeah, it sounds maybe like maybe I'm I'm an optimist. So, <laughs> uh, maybe. so interesting. I mean, I remember when Grails came out. Part of the motivation for Grails was I mean, back to the old Ruby on Rails days is that uh, they needed a language that did metaprogram that had yeah. a meta object protocol, and that's Rails used Ruby for that on the JVM. Mm -hmm. And you're saying you've kind of found a way to make all that happen at compilation time rather than at runtime in Microdot. Yeah. So uh, you know. Um, the you know, Micronaut is largely static compilation based, so that the medical programming model and using runtime meta programming is different, very different models mm. to the way they like works compilation time. Uh, so they're not like directly comparable. Um, but I wouldn't say the goals of you know Groovy, one of Groovy and Rails was you know about the, the meta object protocol. It was more. Um, certainly, for, in the case of Rails, we wanted to create some a framework that was really like um, had a high velocity and was rapid was easy. You know, there, when Rails came out, there was nothing like it on the on, right. on the JVM. Right. Um, and the, the, the whole of the Java community was looking over at an NB at Ruby on Rails. Yeah. So um, and you know, Rails against the name uh, was you know let's take so let's let's you know, prove that we can achieve the same levels of productivity in the same. Um, you know, I should ask you yeah. because the the way I heard the story, and I suppose if anybody would know, you would. Yeah. Is that uh, when Rails was first created, it was actually called Ruby on Rails. That's right. Yeah. And then DHH himself, David Hadamard Hansen, came in and said, "You you can't call it Rails. Yeah. I mean, that's our framework." Yeah. And you went, "Okay, let's just call it Rails." Yeah. Uh, it was very polite. I mean, there was no way to, yes. for him to like legally enforce that, but he was very polite about it and asked that we don't use that subject. I think it's fair enough. Um, I also tell people, of uh, course, that the name Ruby on Rails is a name that never under any circumstances would have occurred to an American, because when he said on Rails, he was thinking the clean, high-speed European trains and not yeah. Amtrak. Yeah. I mean, if we called a framework Java on Amtrak, I mean, yeah. who would ever would never come near it, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, at any rate, you know, that first talk, you say that was, um, as I recall, that was pretty well attended. Yeah, the micro, my initial micro talk, um, it was more introductory material, mm. and um, yeah, I covered uh, introduction to Micronaut and how we solved uh, the challenging problem of making uh, application frameworks more efficient with, 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 with Micronaut. And yeah, it was a packed, packed out room. You cram that uh, into 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah, the 45 minute talk times are really, really challenging. Oh, yeah, so it's brutal. It's really hard to get uh, all the information in there. But uh, I think folks came away, uh, enjoyed the talk, and the feedback I got was good. And you know, we had to. It's a shame they don't let folks stand up at the back. Uh, it was like as long as once the last seat is, is occupied, uh, they close the doors and nobody else can come up. Wow. Now, no now, the other talk you gave, uh, what was the title of that one? It was 10 something. So, yeah, the, I did a Micronaut deep dive, and it was like a subtitle uh, 10 things you can do with Micronaut. 
and uh, the, that one was actually in the graveyard shift. It's yeah, it was a really awkward time. Yeah, it's clock. So everybody was like already thinking about like what, which which party they were going to, right, right, and yeah. uh, which event they were going to dinner, and mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. or falling asleep. And um, and yeah, and I had to deliver a talk. So um, <laughs> so it wasn't a great time. And even in that one, um, you know, the room was like maybe like three quarters full or something, which is pretty. Pretty good for that time. It's like you know, I wasn't expecting, I was expecting a lot less. And um, and uh, yeah, the talk was uh, mainly code demos, um, showing you know because one of the things about Micronaut when you compare it to like uh, Rails um, is uh, the diversity of um, use cases you can use it for. So you know you, you can use it for a much broader, wider range of, of problems than Rails. Well, Rails is mainly focused on um, like web apps, right, right, um, and specifically CRUD-based web apps. Yeah, specifically right. that problem space. And uh, Micronaut is, you know, you can use it to build um, online applications. You can use it to build messaging microservices. You can use it to build uh, scheduled jobs. You can use it to build like so many different different cases. Um, we haven't have a you know, internally. We have a project that are using it. Wonderful. Yeah. See, that surprises me because I always think of Micronaut as building REST-driven yeah. URLs. So that's that's one of, one of the things I wanted to point. I mean, Micronaut, um, the name more refers to the you know um, optimized um, memory footprint and smaller process size that you get by using the patterns that we we advocate uh, and the APIs that we advocate with Micronaut. Speaking of APIs, one of the major innovations to happen in Micronaut recently is the release of Micronaut Data. Yeah. So can you say something for people who've never used that, what that's about, what the use case there is, how that relates to, say, Gorm? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, with with, uh, with, with Gorm uh, and, and Micronaut, we, we've had Gorm support in Micronaut um, since we released it. But obviously Gorm, you know, being based on the Ruby language, uh, uh, you know, it's not something that... Uh, Java developer or a Python developer is likely to be interested in thinking on. It's a shame, but yeah. It's a shame because it's a great toolkit. But yes. Um, but that's just the reality. Yes, it is. Um, so, um, you know, we, on the one hand, we want, we wanted uh, something as part of Microsoft that uh, had uh, a subset of the features that would uh, be of interest to the, the Java problem. Um, so Micronaut Data is essentially uh, the GORM data source services part of GORM. Data services, yeah. Um, however, uh, it's not, uh, in addition to that, we wanted to change uh, architecturally how it worked. Um, remember I mentioned about more intelligent compilers. Right, so, right. So, so we moved um, the computation of the query that's going to be executed. Right. So the SQL or the JPA QL query into the, the compiler itself. Uh, and the benefit of that is a much smaller runtime. So at runtime, um, a much more smaller and leaner and more efficient runtime. Oh, right, because there's so, no reflection. So there's no reflection. It's based on Micronauts like reflection free AOP. I know, which is cool. Which is really, like it has really short stack rate traces uh -huh. and it's really efficient. And um, and all it has to do is like retrieve the query, which we did already at doing the compilation phase, and, and execute. Um, so it's, uh, from that perspective, the runtime is really light and thin. Uh, so it keeps your microservice micro, right? So at runtime, it, 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 or your service function, or 
or whatever you make it, um, keeps it uh, really, really small and doesn't inflate. Like, like, for example, when you add like something like Hibernate right. to your glass bath, it's like a three, four megabyte jar file or something right. like that. Um, so you, you end up inflating your stuff. Like, but in contrast, my JDBC is really, really small right. um, on the runtime. So we can do a lot more inflation time. Uh, so it's, a, uh, it's like another another take and uh, taking the lessons learned, um, and you know a lot of a lot of Micronaut, uh is about that. Um, the you know with Micronaut and the design of Micronaut, um we looked at uh, you know kind of created this list of the ten things uh, that uh, kind of bother us um, about like Spring and Rails and you know architecture. Mm. Um, and we wanted to solve all of those problems. And one of those, of course, is this idea of eliminating reflection. Yeah. So at, at runtime, I should. Say. Yeah. So like the, the Micron AOP layer is like so much simpler. You know, all you do is you, um, you define an annotation. Right. Uh, you define a method interceptor, and you tell the annotation what method interceptor to invoke when it's when it's when it's put on like a method or something, and that's it. Is that how the transactions are handled? Yeah, like, like all, all, all the all the transa at transactional and oh, right. whatever. It's, there's nothing else to be done. So there's no like proxy factory beans. Yeah, and no, I'm so used to proxies. Runtime run bytecode generation and massive stack traces. Right, right. It's so much simpler, and so much more efficient, so much more um, you know, lean. Uh, so, um, so yeah, that, that 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 just solved a whole bunch of problems. Um, and apart from that, we don't like have any special class loaders or anything in Micronaut. So it's oh, like a lot of people would be relieved to hear that. Yeah. So when you run a, a Micronaut app, it's just like the system class loader, you know, like the normal class loader of, the, of a normal Java. So there's no like URL class loaders, custom class loading, dynamic class loading, which always causes massive headaches. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, we had a whole bunch of things that we wanted to make sure that. We don't want to repeat this mistake. This one, this one, this one, and create something. Uh, and that's really a reflection of what Micronaut is. It's like taking the 10 years of experience right. that we had with Rails uh, and using Spring uh, and hitting the reset button and seeing, you know, if we were to start these projects again using the technology choices we have today, what can we build that's like compelling, more efficient, more easier to use? Um, and doesn't have any existing problems there. And then the close feedback loop, the release of Rails 4, yeah. uh, came out and said, let's take the, I guess you say the parent container, is that how you would say, that used to be based on Spring, and replace that with the, what you learned, which you still call it a Micronaut container, is that how you would say? It's like Micronaut context. Like context, okay. Parent. So, um, so yeah, I mean, Rails, Rails, is Rails is always going to be based on Spring because um, we didn't want to put users through the same operating yeah, that'd be massive. Uh, that they experienced playing with Rails 3. Yeah, when the whole project layout yeah. changed yeah. and Gradle so, and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, so that, that, that we didn't want to inflict on the users. So Thank you. The, 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 upgrade, <laughs> the upgrade process for Rails, Rails 3 to Rails 4 is actually much simpler. Um, and uh, it's well, the feedback we've had so far is, oh yeah, I created my app, it was that for me, and that's, that's good. So, um, so it's not, it's still based on Spring, so there's no huge architectural changes. And the only major thing we changed is, um, and it shouldn't like, be a briefing one, it's just like new, is that we made the, so Spring has this ability to, where you can 
find a hierarchy of application objects. Right. So uh, uh, your main context where your beans live and have a parent. Right, right. Um, and we made Micromod the parent context. Okay. Um, so, so it's your bean manager. Really. Yeah. So what did that what is that what did that give us? Well um, one of the things it gave us is it allowed us to rewrite a lot of the internals of uh, Rails to use Microsoft dependency injection. Okay. Which uh, allowed um, uh, us to reduce memory consumption and uh, improve startup. Uh, quite a bit. Um, as it happens, the Spring itself also has some nice improvements in the start of time as well. And you were able to move to Spring Five, so yeah, and so Spring Boot. Did, you, did Spring Boot evolve at all or not? I mean, only yeah, yeah, in the Spring sense, Boot, yeah. because of the auto configuration uh, stuff. Spring One. And so, yeah. so, um, so if you combine all those factors, uh, start of time is uh, and memory consumption quite a bit in Rails Four. And um, and then the other cool thing about the uh, Microsoft context being apparent is that um, we can, you can essentially use many of the Microsoft features um, automatically. Um, like the, the HTTP like client, the HTTP client and, and uh, the Kafka client and so forth. So now, so now we're in a situation where, you know, whatever feature we develop for um, Micronaut uh, is also useful for Fully reused Batman. Yeah, very yeah. good. Yeah. So the testing part, I imagine, also uh, the test context has been revised multiple times in Rails over the years. Uh, so I suppose you can use that HTTP client to test RESTful web service. Absolutely. Yeah. So that, that's got to be helpful. Yeah. Uh, because Spring has that REST template, but this is probably this is more of a pure functional test, right? Yeah. Uh, something like Jabber. Yeah. Very good. There. Um, Okay, so that's Rails 4, and I think we were deciding that Rails 4 is basically a mature framework at this point. Yeah. Well, I just think Rails, I suppose. Uh, I think the term you used was feature complete. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, Rails, uh, as the core framework part is more or less, like I mentioned, feature complete and stable, and it's been around for a long time. Um, if, we, if we add new features, um, the features that we add are going to be uh, features that uh, benefit the large ecosystem. So, for example, like I mentioned, when I when you add a when we add something new for Micronauts, right? Uh, because the microphone context is, is Micronaut, yeah. Uh, that's like a new feature. So, when we build something for Micronaut, um, that's value to the Rails ecosystem. You immediately get the, the gain from that, right? Um, regarding the ecosystem as a whole, especially in Rails, um, I mean, in Micronaut, obviously. The interest has been very high. I remember when you gave a Micronaut talk at, uh, or actually it, was, it might have been Jeff. No, no, you gave a Micronaut talk at DevNexus yeah. last year. Yeah. And again, filled the room. Yeah. I mean, there were people standing in the back and yeah, yeah. they let people in, right? Um, so we know the interest is high in that and there's still a gain in that. How, what's your assessment of how Rails is doing in the community? I mean, yeah, so I think that, um, you know, the, is the Gartner hype cycle thing where right. it's certainly the case that Rails is, is no longer is well past the, the uh, peak of inflated expectations. But are we past the trough of disillusionment? <laughs> moved up oh, yeah, again? I think we have definitely <laughs> passed, that, passed that. And um, it's mature, it's you know, got a, got a large community, uh, and it's very good, very good at what it does, which is like where it has a sweet spot, which is you know, traditional. I don't think that there's any shame or anything in saying that you know that 
that is what it was designed to do. And you can't, Rails is not something you can adapt to like other workloads like, like microservices or serverless. You know, right. It just doesn't right. fit those kind of workloads. And as um, you mentioned, the, since you mentioned the Gartner hype cycle, yeah. I mean, we probably have passed the microservices peak of inflated expectations. I mean, for a while there, everything wanted to be a microservice. And architects kept saying, look, if you can't design a good monolith, what yeah. makes you think you can design a good network set of distributed microservices? Right. Yeah. So I think we're starting to see some pullback and say, you know what, monoliths may not be all that bad every now and again. Yeah. And that's where so you've now got a solution for both sides. Absolutely, and, and even like uh, for um, for I think if you look at microservices, you know, if there's any, the one thing that has really come out of that and that has really added a lot of value uh, to the Java community in general is a, a reassessment of um, like what is an acceptable amount consumption and startup a job application can have you know because for too long I think it was we in the Java community just accepted that you know my app takes gigabytes of memory and, and, um, and it doesn't matter if it takes like two gigabytes of memory or it doesn't matter if it takes uh, 30 seconds to start up whatever I think um, the, the microservice era you know which is far from being being over, I think there's still um, there's, there's um, uh, learnings happening and so forth. Uh, it's not for every it's not for everybody. If anybody claims that microservices for everybody, that's just not true. Um, but certainly, it's helped us build uh, more efficient applications and think, and and helped us think about application architecture differently. Um, and you know, Micronaut uh, has had a huge impact uh, on uh, Java framework design and how built. And if you look at like um, uh, the impact it's had over the last year and a half, well. you know, with uh, Red Hat coming out with Parker soon afterwards, which you know, follows many of the same patterns that Micronaut does. Mm. The Spring team optimizing, trying to you know, trying to really uh, improve memory consumption and startup. Or see, from a spectator's yeah. core point of view, yeah, I'm really enjoying Spring and people suddenly going, "Hey, wait a minute, we actually have competition here." And yeah. I mean, they, it's the whole where they say Gandhi, like first they ignore you and then they fight you and then you won or whatever. You know that sort of thing. The Spring team finally went. Oh wait a minute! What's this Micronaut thing? It's nothing. But oh, wait a minute! It starts up how fast? Yeah. And suddenly they have to address performance, and of course you, as with most people in the Ruby community, are very diplomatic, saying, "I'm glad the conversation's happening." When I hope in the background you're going, "Yes." <laughs> no, it's. Um, I think it's you know it's beneficial to the whole Java community that that we you know we I was speaking I was speaking about this and I was hanging out with the Quarkus guys. Mm. Um, Yesterday, Emmanuel Bernard and and um, it, uh, it's really beneficial to the whole Java community that there are uh, such exciting projects coming out yes. for Java that are already changing uh, kind of developers and users' expectations of what what a framework uh, should perform like. Mm in terms of memory and kind of startup and uh, and really pushing the envelope and pushing innovation to happen. Because, you know, ultimately it's not so much about, you know, Micronaut versus versus um, Spring or or, or, or 
caucus, um, whatever. It's, it's also about the fact that, you know, other ecosystems like Golang and, right. and Node and so forth are, are, are already in many ways better than Java in that Startup time. I mean, that's another thing that's happened in our field, of course, is that when everything was deployed on these massive application servers where you could just add all the gigs of RAM you want, the space yeah. was cheap, then we didn't have to care so much about this. Yeah. But when you deploy to a cloud, you're being charged by disk space and by right. memory. So cloud spend is a, is a big deal. So I don't, I, you know, I don't think it's acceptable that we, as Java developers, just say, yeah, there's you know, how much that our app consumes time. Megabyte of memory, or right. we, we have to be um, uh, learn to be more efficient. And there are ways to be more efficient, and uh, you know, Micronet proves that you can build something that that is you know, really efficient uh, in terms of uh, memory performance. As I recall, relatively recently, uh, it was either you or someone else in Micronet talked about how they managed to deploy to the Graal virtual machine, Graal VM. Yeah, so the you know the Graal VM is another. Uh, Another exciting project, um, which uh, which again demonstrates that trend I was talking about, which is you know, more intelligent compilers, thinner uh, runtimes. So, and and really, RALVM, like uh, what what and one feature in particular, RALVM, because they have they have like the JIPs and they have shuffle the language forever. And it's really like a suite of tools. Right. But one one particular feature, which is Substrate, is just the native image tool. Um, Which I, yeah, I that, love. That, but, yeah. I mean, it has it has its advantages and its disadvantages. But it, it's it's almost like the uh, like the taking the intelligent compilation and the more advanced compiler to the next level mm. of like pre-computing your directly pre-computing your app into a native image that then starts up in like twenty milliseconds. And it's really quite mind blowing. Yeah. Now the technology is still young and it's still early, but it's just the. It's the that's the exciting part of what's happening in Java right now. We've got these, um, you know, uh, really intelligent compilers um, like Mike Mart, uh, what's happening with Barkers, what's happening with um, RALVM that are taking uh, frameworks to the next level. It's true that a lot of people hear Graal and they immediately think that native image tool, or it's really a suite of products. Yeah, so, but the native image tool is really nice, and there are limitations because it's, of course, pre-compiling everything. Yeah. And that makes it play nicely, or actually a natural for Micronaut, where you're already doing everything in compile time. You're yeah. not doing a lot of reflection. Yeah, yeah. So it was interesting um, uh, how that evolved, because like we started, uh, we open-sourced Micronaut May last year, but we actually started work on Micronaut like a year before that. Okay. So, um, so we open source Micronaut, and then you know, uh, around about the same time, um, uh, somebody pointed out to me, "Hey, have you seen this announcement? This new thing called Rolby." And um, uh, I looked at it, and I was like, "Wow, this looks really interesting." And then, uh, and then, and then you know, pointed out that. Uh, one of the limitations of RALVM is you have to fair reflection up front so right. you, if you use reflection. Exactly. So, um, Which is why it's hard to deploy Ruby and, or yeah. Rails to it. So we were like, hold on, Micronaut doesn't use any reflection. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this has got to work really well nicely together. And, and they do. They, 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 they work really nicely together because um, although reflection is possible on RALVM, um, it is possible. You, you kind of have to declare every usage of it. Um, and that places a burden on the developer. Now, there, there are like ways you could, like, like you can work around it, like 
um, I think you know, the approach the spring team are, are probably going to take is to like generate the, the population type, generate the collection data, push into the, the tool. So automatically but, generating yeah. so the tool understands already. But, uh, but it's nice that that, that, that Micronaut like, doesn't even need any data, it right. just like works on it. The docs because architecture is such a good fit. Um, you know, because Micronaut, uh, if you look at the limitations of Graal VM software, it's like, Things that don't work uh, as well, or things that you have to declare as like uh, dynamic class learning. Okay, but we don't do dynamic class learning. Reflection, we don't use reflection. Uh, you know, it's like it's like a really natural fit between the two technologies, which is awesome. I mean, obviously, at this conference, we're always making a big presence there. I do have to ask you: Are you or is someone from like our team going to be appearing at the Spring One conference as well? The Spring One platform, or whatever they call it. Uh, if somebody, That's if not somebody, as natural of, but if somebody invites me, <laughs> okay, okay. I just wondered because um, personally, I'm not that interested. In that. I mean, I do spring all the time, and I'm yeah. not that conference to me is too much of a rah rah, we wonderful type conference rather than hey, let's yeah. dive into the technology. Uh, I haven't been into that conference probably yet. So yeah. I liked but, um, it when it was spring one, yeah. And I, of course, I loved it when it was spring one to GX, yeah. which now is you know, yeah. unfortunate. Um, okay, so let's see. Let's uh, something about OCI itself. Let's say you know, OCI is the home yeah. of the support for both Rails and Micronaut. And how big is the team now? And are you still looking for people? Yeah, so the, we're continuously looking for people. Uh, the team is like 25. That's moment, enormous. I mean, we're compared to what it was before. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's grown a lot. And uh, uh, we have folks that uh, do client work, we have folks that are engineering, uh, I'm, I'm full-time on engineering, and we have some other folks that are full-time as well. And, um, and yeah, they're all busy, uh, so they're all, uh, especially, and it's a truly, especially with Mike Knott for the last you know, years, it's really picked up. And it's a truly distributed worldwide Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, it could be anywhere in the world, right? We, uh, location is not very important, it's more about your enthusiasm and passion. Job. So we have folks in, um, in in Spain, for example, where I'm based, and we have another three folks in Spain: uh, Ivan, Sergio, Alro, right. Paul King in, in, uh, in, in Brisbane, Australia; Puneet in India. Uh -huh. uh, we have folks in the U.S. Uh, From my point of view, of course, one of the real appeals to working with OCI is that. I mean, you're there, and Paul King is there, and, and Sergio is there. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of people that are really, really good and really active in the community. And, well, okay, Jeff Brown is also there, but still, you well, know, he's you know, an executive. You're never going to see him anyway. Right? Yeah, he's making big deals. He's in. He's in the suits. Yeah, he's yeah, signing yeah. the contracts. Right, our, with the long hair and all that. I, want, I do wonder how that goes over when he walks into the rooms with the big Fortune 500 companies and all. Oh, he charms them with. Uh, with his prog metal, um, yeah, yeah, right, right. Uh, he starts playing Rush or something. Yeah, exactly, it all works out. Because it's a generational thing, anyway. Yeah. Very good. So you're still looking for people around, and the team is still growing and healthy. Absolutely, and that's good. And Micronaut is still growing as a now Micronaut in the future. There's a 1.2 right now. There's probably 1.3 planned. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, we, next release will be 1.3 um, of Micronaut, and um, yeah, I have a whole bunch of things uh, planned around that. Improvements uh, to the core container part. Uh, we're going to improve, improve the introspection mod modules. So, that, so this is this is all under the hood stuff. Yeah. Right? So that well, 
it's user facing as well. Like you have these introspections where you can like um, instantiate the bean and read its properties and so forth. Uh, and it's a really nice feature, but we want to make it more flexible to support like static methods and um, interfaces. And, and there was some JSON views stuff you mentioned, I think, also. Yeah, so support for that. Well, that's more long term. Uh, that one won't be in 1.3, but oh, that be in two or whatever. Yeah, so the, there's quite a bit of interest in um, that. I've heard several people ask uh, if we can support some of the Rails technologies. Which is kind of like, if you want to use Grails, just use Grails. Yeah. Okay, so be it. But um, yeah, it's possible that we we put some those. Um, but uh, yeah, 1.3 is mainly focusing on refinement, yeah, um, improving some of the core internals, and like not making it more efficient. Uh, it'll probably be the last one for next time uh, before we go into practice. Two, uh, which you know we're going to support HTTP two. Um, Very good. Uh, we're going to you know, clean up some of the deprecations that we put. You know, nothing major. We're not going to break anything. Uh, break anything severely. That is, um, uh, unless you're using a deprecated. Right. Um, now, of course, the since this is the day for the release of Java thirteen. Yes. Right. Uh, we should at least mention that the long-term support releases eight and eleven. Of course, eight's End yeah. of life, or whatever. But uh, both Micronaut and Grails four run perfectly fine on Absolutely. eleven. Yeah, yeah. Well, Java eight is only end of life. You have an, uh, an article. Well, have, they're not really If you go to Amazon or whatever, they will Pareto. They will. Well, it's the community that has to supply yeah. bug fixes and, and security patches exactly. and everything now, and backport that all in. Uh, you were at the Java Champions briefing. Yeah, uh, I was at that too. And of course, within the bounds of the NDA. Yeah, we can't talk about that. Well, my impression yeah. of the entire meeting, if you will, was, uh, hey, you know, this license stuff is way too complicated. And yeah, I know, but it's a complicated problem. Yeah. Yeah, but you're driving people away. But well, I don't know. Can I ask you answer a question with a question? I mean, it really yeah. felt like. Kind of frustrating all of that. It, it is a bit frustrating, but but uh, the short answer seems to be is that you pick a vendor, and that yeah. vendor could be Adopto from JDK, yeah. you know, and SDK Man supplies all those things, and the current long-term support release is 11, so as long as you're on that, you should be fine, you know, yeah. for at least another few years. Yeah, yeah, so that's uh, good. That is good, yeah. So and both Rails and Micronaut are perfectly happy with those. They are perfectly happy, yes. So that was one of the major tasks. Rails four was to get it all running on JDK. So what's the what's the future for you? What are you, where are you going? What are you doing? What are you working on? So um, you're leaving OCI. Yeah, no, don't tell me. No, <laughs> you found a dream job. You want no. to stay in your dream job, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm to be honest. I'm in a, in a very privileged um, position of you know being able to work on um, open source projects uh, that I enjoy working on. Yeah, like my rails and learning constantly. Uh, I'm really glad. So, I mean, it's sometimes nice guys win. You know, I'm really always glad to hear that because when the pivotal thing happened, I just felt like, oh yeah, it's a company really missing the fact that they had these outstanding people and they had a something that was perfectly suited to them, and they just didn't get it. You know, yeah. and now you're at a home where where clearly yeah, you're valued yeah. and and they they care what you're doing and they know how to support it and they're yeah. and they're reaping the benefits. As Absolutely, well, right? OCI are a fantastic company. Um, so are you still traveling all over the world doing these sorts of talks primarily? I, I'm doing the big, big bigger conferences, so I, you know, I have to rein in, I can't be traveling all the time, I'll just never get things done. 
so I had to balance out, um, you know, attending some big events like this one. So you're saying if a conference can't get you, they settle for Jeff Brown? Is that the idea? <laughs> no, no, I'm sure. I'm <laughs> I'll sure. say that Jeff, you don't have to Jeff say Jeff is an awesome speaker as well. And, yes, he and is. He, I have to admit it. He's yes, really, really and, good. And he is also the man in the trenches. Man, yes. like, uh, he, he's like a machine. We should mention, actually, affiliated with OCI, uh, Jeff just did a, a two-day or three-day training class. I forget which. Yeah. Uh, down in Houston. Yeah, and, he's been over. He's going there. there he, I think he's in uh, California or something. Yeah. Bay Area. I mean, you never know where he is. And he, he's always going somewhere, and he's always uh, delivering new training, new classes. He's, in, he's the man out there in the trenches. And likewise, uh, Paul King did a webinar, I think it was a week ago, yeah. maybe maybe a little more, uh, discussing the plans for the future of Groovy 3 and yeah. beyond, I think it was. Uh, all the slides were updated. I was glad I got to sit in that. I always want to hear Paul talk. Yeah, uh, yeah Paul's, Paul's great to uh, Paul, of course, is the kind of guy who'll try to stuff 200 slides into a 45 minute talk, but yeah. that means the slides are amazing. You know, so I always wait for Jonathan's slides, slides later. Yeah. Like, oh, is that what he was talking about? <laughs> But uh, that's great, and he was just at Apache Con, as I recall, as well. Is there yeah. Apache? Yeah, he gets around. He does, yeah. And um, but yeah, Paul as well has to balance that out with uh, much getting to Ruby. Which so just to round it out, I'll just say I really am glad that OCI is doing well. I'm very happy that both Ruby and Grails and Micromata seem to be in very good hands. Yeah. Uh, I hope the Gradle people will forgive you for using Maven in one of your talks. I know. Right? You know? But you're not, actually, to be fair, um, I used both. So oh, okay. I had, Good. I had like t uh, 10 things that you can do with Micromo. Yeah. And I think um, two of the other projects were Gradle and some of the other ones were with Maven. Oh, okay. I, I like to mix it up. Okay. It keeps it, keeps it fresh. When you did. Well, I don't know how you can call Maven fresh, but anyway, it keeps, yeah, right. it, keeps it fresh. When you did your Gradle builds, did you use the Groovy DSL or the Collins DSL? Oh, I, I definitely used the Groovy DSL. <laughs> I, I have not even, I've not even actually played with it. I've played with it and it, it's not as clear, it's not as obvious what's going on. It does, however, streamline your choices. Okay. And when I say people not happy with Gradle, it's usually because they're overwhelmed by the number of choices. Yeah. Uh, that, what do they call that paradox of choice? You have too many choices, you don't want to do anything. And Kotlin actually says, no, 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 you have to have parentheses. You have to have double quotes and strings. You know, yeah. locks you down a little bit more. And for all I know, that may wind up being a feeling someday. Just yeah. Well, that's fine. I mean, it's uh, choices. I don't think that uh, I mean, they, haven't they haven't taken anything away. You can still use Groovy. You can still use buttons. Yeah. And they'll support Maybe those they'll add XML way. support next or, or, or JSON. <laughs> JSON support. Let's, let's make everybody upset, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's do everything in YAML, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. what could go wrong? Yeah, yeah. YAML would be. Yeah. I mean, Spring Boot uses YAML to do files, so, you know, my Grail supports it too, yeah. Okay, well, everything is uh, in good hands, and I'm glad you're here, and I hope you have a nice rest of the conference, and wherever else you're off to. Do you get a chance to go home soon? Yes, I'll be heading back uh, tomorrow evening. Excellent. Hopefully, not to make flight delays at SFO. I hope, but I am, uh, fortunately, I'm flying direct. Back oh, wow. Back, so That's a lot of hours, though, isn't it? I think it's like a 14-hour flight. Yeah. Something, uh, <laughs> Gonna be a long one, but at least it's direct because uh, I think when I'm on the way here, I flew like Delta and St. Louis, St. Louis to LA and San Francisco. 
Well, that's why you get the big bucks, man. Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, well, thank you very much for coming. I appreciate you being on the podcast. Yeah, it's good to be here. Uh, I wish you all the best, and we'll talk again soon. I hope. Yeah. Okay, take care.